Welcome to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. Each week brings a new message that looks to invite you into a new life brought by Jesus Christ. We hope you are inspired and changed by God by the message brought by today's speaker. to be with you once again. I just, I just have to say that I truly, truly appreciate the, the music ministry that, that you all have here. It is just, you all have some, some wonderful leadership and just, uh, it, uh, yeah, yeah, that's more than appropriate, yeah. I can remember uh, filling in at uh, a church uh, and they didn't have any leadership. And so uh, Beth from the district office, a couple of days before I was to go there, called and said, I hate to break it to you, but you are going to have to lead the music. Um, now, you don't want me leading the music. Um, uh, you know, have you ever, there's a, it's not too old, but it's not that recent, a, a song entitled Shout to the Lord. Um, if I would lead the music, you would cry out to the Lord for me to stop. But uh, I, well, I'm so grateful, and just, just the, just the, just the spirit that they, that they bring this morning, as and and every morning as as we gather together uh, uh, for worship, and uh, so so thankful for them. All right, if you'd open your Bibles up to Nehemiah chapter. Four, Nehemiah chapter 4, and I'm um, going to do things a little bit differently today in regards to the scripture reading and have a couple of chunks of scripture, and so I'm not going to make you stand multiple times um, this morning, uh, just in case you're wondering, but Nehemiah chapter 4, and today I want to talk to you about defeating discouragement. How many of you, and it's going to be unanimous, but I'll ask anyway, have ever been discouraged? <laughs> um, we all at one point in time or another have been discouraged. Things don't go the way that we think that they should or the way that we want them to, and in turn, we become discouraged. And this morning, I want to take uh, this wonderful book of Nehemiah and all the, the riches that are contained within it and uh, bring it alongside you and I and our story uh, to help us when those times uh, do come. And uh, just a way of review, we, we realize and remember that Nehemiah was a cupbearer to King Artaxerxes in Persia. He hears about the walls of Jerusalem being mere rubble and the gates burned with fire. The city is completely uh, vulnerable and it breaks his heart. And he says, somebody has to do something about this and it might as well be me. And so he approaches the king and, and, and throws out a big request to go back to Jerusalem to help build and rebuild the walls. He travels a thousand miles and when he arrives, 
he inspires the people to attempt what they thought was impossible. And so they begin, and as they begin, they, they begin to realize, hey, we're getting somewhere. This is, this is really happening. This is, we are beginning to rebuild the walls. We can do this. And in our lives, whenever we get into that similar situation, when, hey, things are really beginning to go our way, to go my way, hey, I'm getting somewhere, it is then, right then, more often than not, that opposition will come. Winston, Winston Churchill has famously been quoted as saying, you have enemies? Good. It means that you've stood up for something. Um, uh, Pastor Levi Lusco is quoted to say, uh, being liked was never the goal. Being faithful was always the goal. We deal with discouragement. We in the Christian church as ambassadors of Christ Deal with discouragement. What I'm about to say, I've said many times over from many different pulpits. I wish that I could tell you this morning that you come to Jesus like those flashy evangelists that you've seen on your TV that only wanted your money. You come to Jesus and all your problems will be over. You won't have to worry about anything ever again. You know, you will have the, the nicest of cars and the grandest of homes and more money than you could ever spend. But the reality is that is not the truth. Jesus himself said, in this world, you will have trouble. <laughs> I kind of wish that he wouldn't have said that. <laughs> but I'm so thankful that he didn't stop there. The reality is, you and I, we will have trouble. The, and Job says, as the sparks fly upward, so man is born for trouble. But Jesus continues and says, but take heart, I have overcome the world. When you are doing God's work, and we talked all the way back in the first week uh, about that issue, that circumstance, that thing that truly breaks your heart, and you begin to do it, and I would just continue to encourage you, find that thing, whatever it might be. Maybe you have a heart for young people in the church. Maybe you have a heart for some ministry that, that's not being um, done in the church or in the community. Whatever it is, find that thing. And I'm convinced, and I know this from experience, when you ask God to give you a burden, he will give you a burden for something. And when you are doing his work, I just want to be the bearer of bad news, and I'm sorry, but when you are doing what God is calling you to do, opposition is inevitable. The reality is, and you know this as well as I do, we have an enemy. We have an enemy. The Bible says that his goal is to steal, to kill, and destroy. We have an enemy. You and I have an enemy that absolutely hates you. That absolutely hates you and will do everything within his limited power to separate you from God. 
He will do everything in his limited power. We, we read in the scriptures that the devil is like a roaring lion, seeking to and fro for whom he may devour. I'm so, I'm so struck by that, uh, that picture. It doesn't say that the devil is a lion. It said that he is like a lion. And even more than that, the reality is, is that the devil is truly a lion with no teeth that is on a chain with God holding the other end. And he will deal with him at the appropriate time. But the reality is we will, we will experience opposition. We will experience those who come into our lives and say, hey, what do you think you're, who do you think you are? Who do you think you, what do you think that you are doing? Or within the church world, and I've encountered this more often than I would like to admit, you begin to do something uh, and, and you have good intention, folks. I'm not, I'm not saying they're malicious in any way, but, but you'll have folks and those who haven't been in church for a while, but we've never done it that way before. And, and I've often said, because as I said before, I speak before I think a lot of the times. Um, when that has been uttered to me, I've said, but we're doing it now. Uh, sometimes it's worked, sometimes it hasn't worked. So, you know, I, I don't have the best track record when that happens. But the reality is we do have an enemy. We do have one who is opposed to us. We do have one that his mission is to defeat us. But rea the reality is, is that we are not alone. You are not alone. You are not alone. If you miss anything else I say this morning, realize this. As, as a Christian, as one who has come to the Lord in confession and repentance, you are not alone. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, God himself resides within you. You are not alone. And when we face opposition, we don't face opposition many times because we're doing something wrong. Have you ever noticed, and you don't have to answer out loud for this, have you ever noticed that when you're doing something wrong, it kind of goes, kind of, you know, you can just kind of keep going, you know, traffic, telling people, you know, did they get their driver's license out of the cereal box? Oh, wait, that's just me. Um, <laughs> you know, speed limits are suggestions. Well, that's just me again. The reality is we don't face many times, and it's true, we don't face opposition many times because we're doing something wrong. We face opposition because we're doing something right. We're doing something right. And when it comes to opposition, your enemy, the enemy, will attempt to do a couple of different things. First of all, he will attempt to discourage you from the outside. In chapter 4 of Nehemiah, we, we read these words. Uh, beginning at verse 1, I'm going to go down to verse 3 for this first chunk of scripture. And, and you can remain seated this morning. It says, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry and was greatly incensed. He ridiculed the Jews 
And in the presence of his associates in the army of Samaria, he said, what are these feeble Jews doing? Will they restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they finish it in a day? Can they bring the stones back to life from those heaps of rubble, burned as they are? Tobiah the Ammonite, who was at his side, said, what are they building? Even if a fox climbed up on it, he would break down their wall of stones. And in Nehemiah, we're introduced to these first two of the, of the three of those who opposed Nehemiah and the rebuilding of the wall, Samballot and Tobiah. And Samballot, he's kind of the leader. Have you ever been in a situation? He's kind of the leader. He's speaking out. He's saying, you know, what are they doing? Are they going to offer, what are they, are they going to restore their wall? Will they offer sacrifices? And it's in a mocking kind of way. Will they, are they going to finish in the day? Can they bring the stones back to life? And then you have Tobiah. Tobiah is kind of like the tough guy who's not so tough. He's with the tough guy. But he's not so tough. And Tobias, yeah, yeah, what they, what they do, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, if a fox would jump up on it, it'd break it down. And, uh, and I can't help, I cannot help, and I know we're getting close to that season. I cannot help when I read this. I think of that wonderful Christmas uh, movie, A Christmas Story, you know, Ralphie and the BB gun. And I can't help but think of of Scott Farkas. You remember Scott Farkas? He had yellow eyes. That's what they say in the movie. He had yellow eyes. And the little guy, I can't remember, the little guy that was with him, he was kind of, that's kind of a picture of Sanballat and Tobiah. They were an opposition. Tobiah was the tough guy. He was with Sanballat. And when you attempt to do something, the Lord you believe calls you to do, you will face discouragement from the outside. These two are attempting to discourage Nehemiah and the people to stop building. And they will face obstacles. And they are facing obstacles. And in our life, when we begin to do something uh, of significance, whatever it might be, we think, okay, this is the day. This is the time. I'm going to do whatever it is. Immediately, our enemy comes on the scene and begins to discourage us from the outside. First of all, through obstacles. We, we decide, you know, this is the year. I'm getting out of debt. I'm, you know, everything is going to be paid off. I'm going to be debt free. And as soon as you do that, your car breaks down. Um, you know, on a spiritual level, more serious, you know, I am going to lead my family spiritually. We are going to be a family that goes to church uh, and we are going to serve the Lord. And then you have a prodigal teenager. The reality is we all face obstacles that will attempt to discourage you. It's a tactic of the enemy, and we must be uh, readily aware of this tactic. In my life, I've, I've experienced obstacles, and I've talked about them, being called into the ministry and 
and not too long after that, experiencing kidney failure and being on dialysis and having surgeries and, and things of that nature. And it was just a, a tremendous, difficult time of discouragement. But I want to, instead of talking about me, uh, I'm not like Toby Keith. I don't want to talk about me, 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 my, oh, my. That's a song. Um, not Christian song by any stretch of the imagination, but uh, I don't want to talk about me. I want to talk about and uh, going to do a little bit of bragging uh, this morning on our daughter, Kendra, uh, who is 23 years old. I know what you're thinking. I look way too young to have a 23-year-old. You know, I take good care of myself. That's a lie. I shouldn't say that. Um, but our daughter, Kendra, uh, when she was in middle school, and we have no idea, I have no idea where this came from, she had the desire uh, to work in law enforcement. That's what she, from middle school, that's what she wanted to do. And she went through high school with that in mind and went to, went to college and majored in criminal justice and and was on that path. And then a year ago, just one year ago, she uh, faced obstacles that, that quite honestly could have destroyed her dreams. An ambulance ride, a trip to the emergency room, a brain MRI, a cardiologist visit, uh, wearing a monitor for several weeks. Uh, it could have just totally destroyed her uh, dream of uh, serving and helping the public. But in the midst of all of that, there were a whole lot of people praying, and in the end, they don't understand. They don't know what happened. There's nothing wrong. They can't find anything wrong. And because she didn't get discouraged, although she probably did at times and never, never admitted it, and continued to forge ahead, uh, tomorrow morning at 9.30 in the morning here in Ohio, she is going to be down in uh, Bossier uh, Parish, Louisiana, raising her right hand and becoming uh, sworn in. I'm crying. Good gracious. <laughs> I told myself I wasn't going to do that. She's going to be sworn in as a, a deputy sheriff in the Bossier, Louisiana Parish. And uh, she's going to uh, be immediately realizing her dream, and uh, we are we couldn't be we couldn't be any any prouder of her. But when uh, when you attempt to do something for the Lord, when you seek to 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 follow the calling that you believe God has uh, for you, obstacles will come. Obstacles will come. But let me encourage you: when they come, just keep moving forward. Secondly, criticism. Now, as a member in the ministry, I have no idea what criticism's like. <laughs> uh, this is a foreign concept to me. What is, what is this criticism? Um, but the reality is we will be criticized. And uh, I believe it is Aristotle that said, uh, do you not want to be criticized? Paraphrasing. Uh, you, if you truly seek to never be criticized for anything, it's really simple. It's really simple. Do nothing, 
say nothing and be nothing. The reality is when we attempt to do anything, we will be criticized. Um, you know, I think, of, I think of folks who get criticized for the craziest of things, foster families, you know, hearing people criticize, well, you can't even take care of the kids you got. Why Why you want more? Um, we will face criticism, but we must realize and understand that if we are going to do anything for the Lord that is significant, once again, we have an enemy and he has tactics. And one of those tactics is to be critical and to criticize. And if you're going to lead in any area, you have to get used to the criticism. Now, in ministry, I understand. That's part of, because you're not going to be, um, I don't want to say like, but you know, some folks just won't understand or get you, and, and you'll say things, and you'll do things that, that not everybody likes or appreciates or understands, and, and, and I'm not saying that all criticism is bad. There is such a thing as constructive criticism, and I've always told folks, and wherever I've been, you know, if you have an issue with me, come and talk to me, and because I have been known, it's rare, <laughs> You know, I have been known to say those wonderful words. I'm wrong. I was wrong. I was wrong. I, I can't begin to tell you the number of times that, that I get to preaching and the way that, I, way that I preach, my brain is a couple of thoughts ahead of where my mouth is. And I have said some stuff that I didn't mean to say in the way that I said them. And people were like, did he really just say that? And I was like, no, I didn't say that. And, and, you know, talking with Teresa afterwards, yes, you did say it like that. That's how I'm like, man, I didn't mean to say it that way. Uh, but the reality is we will be criticized. But we, there is constructive criticism uh, that we must get used to. Nehemiah, Nehemiah in this situation, he doesn't answer the criticism from Sanballat and Tobiah. What does he do instead? He prays and he gets back to work. And let me encourage you this morning, when obstacle comes, when obstacles come, when criticism comes, don't take the time to answer it. Pray and get back to work. If you need corrected, God is the great corrector. He will uh, with, through his Holy Spirit, he, if you need rebuke, he will rebuke you. Don't answer to the critics, answer to God. Uh, also, the devil will attempt to discourage you from the inside. In verse 10 of chapter 4, we didn't read this this morning, it said, Meanwhile, the people in Judah said, The strength of the laborers is giving out, and there's so much rubble that we cannot rebuild the wall." We get tired. We get exhausted. The task is just too much. And in reality, what we do in those situations is we take our eyes off of God's ability and we put it on our inability. With God, all things are possible. Everything 
as possible. And I know it from personal experience, and I believe it. If God calls you to do something, he will equip you with everything you need to do it. He is the great source for our resources. If God leads you to, for example, lead a teen group in the church, he will give you everything that you need to do the very best that you can to lead those young people to Jesus. But so many times we hear those words from the inside, the words that I spoke earlier. Who do you think you are? You're just one person. You're never going to make a difference. You're never going to do anything. It's always been this way. The problem is too big for you to fix. The discouragement sometimes comes from the inside. But how do we defeat uh, discouragement? In chapter uh, 4 here, verse 14, it says that, after I looked things over, this is Nehemiah, I stood up. In the midst of all this discouragement and all this criticism that is being flung at them from Tobiah and Sanballat, Nehemiah says, I stood up and said to the nobles, the officials, and the rest of the people, don't be afraid of them. Don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome, and fight for your brothers, for your sons and your daughters, your wives and your homes. When we get into those times when discouragement comes our way, we must remind ourselves the truths of Scripture. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. If God be for us, who dare stand against us? I like one, one uh, paraphrase that says, if God be for us, who in their right mind would stand against us? And what can separate us from the love of God? Paul put that at the end of Romans, that, that, that list, that, you know, height nor depth nor anything, angels, demons. He goes on and then, and then he caps it off by, by pulling out the junk drawer. You have a junk drawer at home? You know, stuff that you'll use one day. It doesn't go anywhere else, you know, and so you throw it all into a drawer. Well, Paul, theologically speaking, pulls out the junk drawer and he says, nor anything in all of creation can separate us from the love of God. No matter what happens, friends, nothing can separate you from his love. First of all, in that passage of Scripture, we read these two, uh, these two sentiments. First of all, remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Verse 14, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, who is great and awesome. So many times I think we, in the church especially, we get exhausted and we quit and we, and we stop doing things, is that we forget the Lord. We take our eyes off the Lord. I love that passage of, of Scripture. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off every weight and the sin that so easily entangles and fix our eyes on Jesus. 
the reality is we have to remember the Lord who is great and awesome. You know, when you come into those times of discouragement and opposition, let me encourage you. Remember all the victories that you've already experienced from the Lord. And I want to I want to tell you this morning that you have far more victories behind you than you have battles ahead of you. And you take an opportunity to simply remember how good he is. The reality is you woke up this morning. And I woke up and and he is good. No, our lives aren't perfect. No, we got problems. We got issues. We got hurts and difficulties. But he is good and continues to remain good. And we need to take opportunity to simply, at times, just take an opportunity to remember the Lord. And secondly, we have to, at times, we have to fight for our cause. In uh, chapter 14, or verse 14, there is the second portion of that verse, and it says, and fight for your brothers, your sons, and your daughters, your lives, and your homes. There comes a time when you are beginning to accomplish what God, you believe God wants you to accomplish, to do, and opposition comes. There comes a time when you are going to have to fight. In the passage of Nehemiah, uh, further on, it says that, that because of the opposition that they had the men and I love this picture, and, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit here, that they had the men with a sword in one hand and a trowel in the other, a piece of, of work. They were working on the wall, and they were ready to fight as well. And that's what we need to do. That's what we need to be. We need to be men and women who are going about the work, but also at a moment's notice being ready to turn back the advance of our enemy. Christianity, and unfortunately we've gotten away from this in recent years, and I don't understand why, and I don't understand where it came from, but the reality is Christianity is not the love boat. Christianity is not a playground. Truthfully, Christianity is a battleship. And Christianity is a battleground. We are at war. Until we hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant, we are at war. We have to be willing to have our weapon in one hand and doing the work of the other. We have to be willing on a daily basis to continually fight the good fight of faith for our marriages, for our children, for the unborn. Seems to be a, a, a hot topic these days. I have no problem, unapologetic. I am totally against killing an infant in the womb. That is murder. There's no other way. It's not a choice. 
and it might be offensive, and that's okay because the Bible's right, and we're wrong. Um, the reality is it's a life, and the Bible says that life is precious. We, we protect us. You know, our daughter, uh, Kendra, one of her great things, the things that burden her is human trafficking. That's something that, that, that just is a burden to her. We have to be willing to fight the good fight of faith. And having our sword in our hand. And the Bible is very clear over there in Ephesians chapter 6 about the whole armor of God and taking up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. We have to be men and women who are in this more than just on Sunday morning. And we have to be willing to fight at times for our cause. And it might not be popular, it might not be pleasant, but the reality is we never fight alone. And the truth of the matter is we fight with one who is already one. So if you want to think of it that way as you go about life, the enemy's three strategies is to discourage us, to distract us. Oh, look over here at this issue and this issue. Uh, they do this uh, very frequently in the realm of politics. And I know what some of you are saying, oh, no, don't go there. Don't talk about politics. Um, but they do. They do this in politics when a candidate, whoever the candidate may be, and I'm not going to, you know, I'm not, I'm not going too deep in this pool. Um, whoever the candidate may be, it comes to a point in time when the candidate has said something or done something in the past that is a little unsavory, and the, the media and, and, and their goal to get the story, to get the scoop, they begin to outline it and, and realize it and, and report it. And all of a sudden, something else happens, and you're distracted. You're, you're, it's kind of like a magician. You know, they get you looking one way when they're doing something the other way. And that is the devil. He'll try to distract you with things that not necessarily are bad. They're good. But so many times in the church of Jesus Christ, we have taken the good over the bad. And lastly, the devil will try to discredit you. <laughs> yeah, I know what that's like. I heard someone, and this is being as transparent <laughs> as I possibly can be, because I can be a little bit, you know, not everybody... I don't know how to put it. Takes me the same way. And I had one fella. He was a great soul. I, and he's off in heaven now, I hope. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> no, he is. He was a good. He, I, remember, I remember one of the first times preaching in this particular church. And, and he, he, he at, the, at the back of the, of the sanctuary, as I was shaking hands, as the people were going out, he wrapped his arm around me. And he said, I want to tell you two things. And at the time, we sing like you all do with, with the video screens, uh, which isn't a big deal. I love it. Uh, and he says, first of all, he says, if I wanted to watch television, I'd have stayed at home. <laughs> that just encouraged my socks off. 
But wait, it gets better. But wait, it gets better. And then he said, and he said these words. One day, maybe, you'll be a real preacher. <laughs> the reality is, it was just a tactic of the enemy. And there was some hurt in his life in the, in the, uh, from a relationship with a preacher. The enemy will discourage you. He'll try to distract you, and he will discredit you. But be like Nehemiah. Why should I come down? And, and we'll get into that a little bit next week. Keep doing the work that God has called you to do. And you will be able to defeat those times when discouragement uh, comes into your life. Take, the, take the, the story and the example of Nehemiah as we, as we think about that burden that the Lord has given us and trying to make a difference in our world because our world needs you and it needs you to make a difference. There is somebody out there that is hurting that you can help. There's someone out there that doesn't know the Lord, that you can point them in the right way. There is someone out there that needs you. And the reality is, as I've said before, you are here, so you have a job to do. You are on heavenly assignment from the King of Kings. And it's high time that we as the church of Jesus Christ get to work. We need to get to work. We need to be like the folks in Nehemiah's day. We need to be getting back to rebuilding what the devil has taken. Would you stand with me, please? Oh. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for these good folks. Lord, I pray today that we would, that we would take the example here in this passage of Nehemiah as we, as we think about the burden that you have for us, whatever it might be, whatever, whatever thing that you put on our hearts, Father, we understand and know that we will see opposition. And I just pray, Father, that in those, that those moments come, when they come, that you would help us, that you would help us realize, uh, first of all, the source and how to defeat those times when discouragement comes so that we can continue to, to do the work that you have for us. Lord, I pray your richest blessings upon each and every person here. Father, I continue uh, to pray that you would just help them and, and be with them during this time of transition as you're preparing the heart of, of the next pastor that will lead these good folks. And I just pray that we would continually, each and every day, take an opportunity just to, just to simply remember and remind ourselves of how truly great you are. We thank you for who you are, and we thank you for what you're going to do in the days to come. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to Champion Church of the Nazarene's weekly sermon podcast. We hope you were inspired by this week's message. We'd love for you to join us on a Sunday morning at 10.30 a.m. We are located at 3924 High Street Northwest in Warren, Ohio. You can also join us on Facebook Live. For more information about our ministries, or if you'd like to contribute to our ministries online, 
visit us at championnaz.org.